I know if I had that thing from the universe to tell me, use your talent, you can do it. You don't need to be rich to do it. You don't need to, to, to get into this huge depth to go learn how to do it. I have to help people too. That's why we do it. And my wife is the same. My wife, we met in the conservatory when I finally, after all this mess. Genius, it takes a lot to get on my show. Genius, you're probably someone we'd like to know. You're really good at stuff, you probably like to dance. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius, get onto my show. Howdy folks, welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. I've got tenor Mario Chang on the show today. He's singing Ismaele in our production of Nabucco. Goes up in a week or so, alongside Placido Domingo. Very interesting guy, very sweet guy. Um, being a tenor, I always like talking to other tenors. I find that interesting in itself. Hope you enjoy the program. If you like my show, please go to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. I'd sure appreciate it. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Thanks for listening. Here's Mario. And then everybody left. Like oh, everybody wanted to to find a new place to to live to make a life, and uh, they went to Guatemala. And because the immigration things they were not as concrete as they are now, sure. So it was difficult for everybody to get into Guatemala. They they didn't want Asians to get into the country. Why because why it were was... they going to Guatemala? What from China? No idea. You don't know that story. No, I don't know why they chose Guatemala, but for sure is that they didn't see my grandfather he was in my grand great grandmother's back he was a baby really he got into the country and then they registered him as he was born in guatemala so he was the only one that who could keep the last name because he was born there otherwise you'd have to change your name or you because they changed their last name to in order to get into the country to davila de leon de leon yeah so my all my dad's family is de leon and my grandfather was the only one that could keep Chang as a first last name. They are the Leon Chang. They just switched How up. interesting. And, uh, and my grandfather is Chang de Leon. I wish yeah. that I wish that we knew uh, why, why they went. Uh, interesting. No I, I would love to know, actually, but I have no idea. I know a little bit more about my grandmother's side in my dad's side. They were the, from Mexico and they, they were Spanish people that migrated to Mexico. And then they they wanted to get married, but they were two big, big, uh, powerful families in the south of Mexico. But they were enemies. And this two like found the Capulets together. and the Montagues. Yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. So in order to get married, they didn't kill themselves. They ran away to Guatemala and they got married there. Are so you serious? They could keep, yeah, it was very, it was very that interesting. That is really interesting. And my dad told me the story like three months ago it was recent i i had no idea why guatemala from the spanish side right and i still now have to dig a little bit why guatemala from the chinese from china side. yeah i mean i i guess it makes sense that it's, it's uh, like you just said it's they left mexico to go get married and be together yeah basically of course, yeah did the families ever get along ever never ever. They, they they after they went to Guatemala yeah. to get married they knew nothing about their families after that so they ran away they were cut literally. off literally they were cut off and they didn't even try to and they started a new life and they started a new life and yeah they got married and yeah those are your grand 
parents or your parents? Those were my great grandparents. And the side of my dad's family, my my dad's dad yeah. is the Chinese, and my dad's mom is the Spanish through Mexico. So. And how is your English so good? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. Thank you. Uh, did Thank you, you did you grow up speaking English or? No, I learned English for well, I I studied English my sure. entire life, sure. of course, but mm -hmm. I never got to speak it because mm -hmm. in Guatemala nobody speaks English. Right. They know it, they read it, they write it, but nobody speaks English. Sure. It's not a normal thing. Sure. And my first teacher was Welsh, so I had a lot of weird accent pronunciation. So when I got to the Lindemann program, yeah, they said, "Sorry, we can't understand anything you say." This was only a few years ago. Yeah, it was uh, four years four ago. Four years, five years ago, more or less. And they said we're going to have to clean your diction, and they put me three hours every time for two times a week for three years, and just speaking. I was I spent the three hours every time I had lessons talking with the teacher. What a gift! It was amazing. I, I mean, loved that's it. Incredible. It was a nightmare, <laughs> but you know, it worked. It worked because sure. now everybody can. Well, it's not that it's I can make my, uh, myself understand. Well, it's better well, than but, my Spanish for sure. <laughs> but you uh, know, it got really, really better than it was. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was. Yeah. I had the grammar and I had all this stuff, but it was because I never got yeah. used to. And the only thing that I remembered was this weird. <laughs> accent teacher yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like you know it's yeah. nobody like, I'm just Welsh people <laughs> and something interesting happened to me like three years ago during when I was at the Lindemann program yeah. I met Bryn Terfel I sure he's Welsh of course and he started to, to talk to me he was talking with my pianist at that time and I started to talk and I didn't realize I was Going, going back. back to the sure. accent, and it took me a week to take it off again. Just because so I that didn't you can help him it. understand you. you yeah. Just start, yeah, and I just got used to it yeah. because it, that was the pronunciation of my first teacher. So I, I was going like the muscle memory, just made me go back and yeah. and and start talking. And I, if you ask me to try, I can't. I was about to ask. <laughs> you. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't do it in, on purpose. But at that time, that time happened. And if you I go didn't back to Wales, it. it'll happen. Oh, for sure, it will yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. That's crazy. Yes. Now, did, did this change in any way the your vocal production as a singer? This mm. training with the language at all? No, nothing. 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 Didn't affect anything. No, not at all. Think, think, thankfully. Yeah. Spanish is very close to Italian. Yes. And uh, and most of the things I sing are close to Spanish. Mm -hmm. Like, I I couldn't believe it at, at the beginning, but Russian, the pronunciation is as clear. As Spanish, like if it's a, it's a, it's the same a the whole time. Yes. And the only different thing is the the, the pronunciation of the l, like the l, yeah, the, the, right, the, right. You know, the voa, mm -hmm. voa, and mm -hmm. all this stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the only difference. But if if it's as clear as Spanish, what's the hardest language for you to sing? English, German, German. I think German. I've been living there for three years, but it is. It, it Are just, you living there now? Yes, oh, I live you, in Frankfurt. Oh, you do? Yeah. I live in Frankfurt, but I don't speak German yet. Oh, well, you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you enjoy living there? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. nice. It's yeah, beautiful. it's nice. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, the country yeah. works. It's Germany, and, yes. and, and everything works like Everything's a clock. Everything's on time. Mm -hmm. Everything like works like a clock. Yeah. But it gets a little bit too stiff for me. You know, I'm yeah. a Latin American, so of it's kind of like different. 
Why they, Germany? Why did you go there? Was it a fest contract yeah, to, to start? Yeah, fest contract. Yeah. Are you still under that contract? Yes. You are. Yeah, I'm still. Are. Wow. When does that expire? Uh, actually, the first contract expired last year. Yeah. And I renewed for one more. And now let's see what. That's happens. great. Yeah. So it was a good experience. Amazing. Obviously, I've been singing a lot <laughs> there. Do yeah. you do you find yourself in a fest contract that you're singing things that maybe you shouldn't be singing, or do they take care of you that way? Mm, they do, were. How do you choose? They do were you choose? teasing me a little bit. Yeah. To to go into the bigger repertoire. Yeah. From the beginning, like I do, like the the standard lyric tenor stuff mm -hmm. like Traviata sure. or Lucia or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they were asking me for Simon Bocanegra. That is for someone with more experience and a and older. A, a bigger voice, older and a little darker. Sure. Just to match with the soprano, the baritone, every every other voice has to be huge. So I have like the tenor to has up. to match for yeah. to it, you know? Yeah. So it's the first thing that I had to reject. I said I I would love to, but if you don't put that opera for me if you don't ask me to sing that yeah because i have to take care of myself so i sang how do you decide do you have somebody that you ask my teacher you do my teacher is always there is so who's your teacher uh, my teacher is a uh, bernardo villalobos he's a cuban tenor mm -hmm. he had a kind of nice career in mm -hmm. uh in latin america mm -hmm. a little bit in mexico and the west coast in the united states mm -hmm. and uh and Estonia and that the, 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 that side of the world. Yes. Like nothing in between, but that other side. Yes. So. And how did he, you meet him? Through my wife. She's a singer too. Oh, interesting. <laughs> how does that work? Are you glad you're married to a singer? I mean, of course you love your wife. I'm not saying. Oh, of are course you, I love her. Are you? <laughs> I'm not saying. Are you glad that you married this lady? I'm saying, is it hard being two singers in the same family? You know, it's difficult because we have to travel a lot. Yes. So she sings at a high level as well, where she's traveling. Um, she, we, we started an opera company in Guatemala. So she is the CEO of the company. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now this is interesting. Okay, but you're living in Frankfurt. Yes, officially we live in Frankfurt. This okay. year I I spent there three months and the rest. Yes. Traveling. Okay. So why did, did you why did you go and do that? What possessed you to start an opera company? It's, <laughs> it's not crazy. that you needed work. It's crazy, you know, because Guatemala doesn't have opera. There's no tradition. There used to be a theater for opera. Yes. But it got very damaged at the beginning of this last century. And it was a dictator that built the, 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 the theater. Mm -hmm. So the president that came after that, uh, there was an earthquake right at the time that they were changing the, the, the you know the government mm -hmm. the idea of the 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 spirit the, the, of the, the philosophy of, yeah, yeah the philosophy yeah. of the, sure. the the country sure so he didn't want to repair the theater because it was too expensive and so, it reminded everybody and reminded of this, everybody of this, this lousy dictator yeah. that the theater had his name so they just tear it down and it just abolished culture from the country for many many years so there was this. Uh, amazing genius architect that designed a new theater for Guatemala mm -hmm. in the 60s. Mm -hmm. So between then and the 60s, there was nothing. Then there were some national companies hiring foreigners to bring opera, mm -hmm. but it was always like they go present the opera and they, they leave. So they don't leave anything for the country. Mm -hmm. And because there was no tradition when I started to go out and sing and say, I'm an opera singer. 
everybody believed I was I was crazy. Mm -hmm. So I a lot of uh, some friends started to to help to to help me to you know to get tickets to go do auditions and uh, giving giving me money to go and 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 pay hotels for the auditions, yeah. finding places and stuff. So my wife and I thought after I did a competition in Spain and then Operalia that was here in 2014, yes. yeah. we said, you know what? We know a lot of people that have the possibility to support a big project. Let's, let's ask them if they want to support opera. And we started like that. So the, the main purpose of the opera company is not just to make the opera, is to create a chorus that is for opera that is completely different than than symphonic sure. because the idea is different yes so we train them sometimes like the first the first uh course that we had there were some members that they had never been in a stage before and they had no clue how to read music and no clue how to perform for an opera so we hired voice teachers, musical music teachers, um, vocal coaches, uh, acting coaches, and we put them for six months to train and learn Rigoletto because is the the opera that we could find that it was short enough for the chorus as a first approach in mm -hmm. opera and the only one that we that we could control the rehearsal mm -hmm. time in order to get them ready for the performance. So it took six months to prepare people from zero to performance level, and it was incredibly hard for them. And I was, I, I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. There were people, literally, they never had been before on wow. stage, and they were convinced. They were really, really good. And it's a great, it's a great show. To, to, and it's to, a good to show encourage to be people in. because it's the so interesting and the story is so compelling and yeah. the music is so beautiful and the sneaking around and all the chorus scenes it, are so much fun. Yeah, it was very nice and we had a lot of struggled and uh, we struggled a lot with budgeting and stuff because I I had to do the numbers because the budget they gave us was so short that we had to to do the things ourselves. So well, what did you do with your singing schedule? I mean, how did you maintain a singing I was, schedule? I was doing all the numbers by myself in the, when I had contracts, like I was singing here, and yeah. then I, I was singing in New York, I came here, and every time after the rehearsals, I was going to the apartment. This was during, to the was this during Bohem? During Bohem, yeah. You're joking. Yeah, I was Just going two, to two the apartment, work, yeah, working in the computer, talking to my wife in, on Skype and telling her like, yeah, you have this budget to do this and please build that uh, wall a little lower because the budget is uh, is getting too too high. So, And we designed the sets. What? We designed everything. So we hired uh, my father-in-law as an architect and he builds um, kitchen furniture. So we, we is the only person that we knew that he had a big factory to put that thing inside. So I asked him, like, can you build this thing? And then he said, yes, of course I can do it. So they started to, we started all the process of designing stuff. And then I had a crazy idea that I was trying. I was reading the story of the theater when they designed yeah. it. And who, who built the theater? Do you know who, who the um, architect was? His name is uh, Efrain Resinos. He passed away like eight years is ago. Is it a modern? Building? It's a, mo it's a uh, modern building. It looks like a jaguar from outside, beautiful. like a like a Mayan yeah. idea of mm -hmm. a, of a jaguar. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful, 
and uh, good acoustics, good the inf- really good acoustics, wow. and it's for two thousand people. Wow. Oh, it's, it's not tall, but it is very deep. That's the only thing theater. that that makes people scare a little bit because <laughs> they feel that it's too long yeah but it's actually a good size yeah it's a very nice wow. size of a building basically and i read in the story of the building that they cut the cut the budget and they had planned to build a turning a revolving platform on stage yeah and they had pl- and he tried to build one cheap and the diameter was like 20 meters or something like that wow and so we said, okay, let's try to build it. Let's try to achieve stage. that. That's a big stage. And actually, feet. we did it 26 meters platform. So we said, okay, let's build the whole thing because we didn't, we don't have a stage crew. Yeah. Because the theater you rented and then you put your people, right? So, the, so they you just rent you the set, or what did you? Do? We built three sets. We built the the castle. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Rigoletto's house. And the tavern of the, the the last part. Sure. So when the the at the end of the first part, the thing was turning, and Rigoletto kept walking in the same place, and we covered the the tavern with like a big wall of stone, mm-hmm. and the scene was right in front of it, and it turned. I kept turning, 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 and then it did a complete turn until he gets into his house, and. People went crazy sure. the first the first night, and because they didn't know that the thing was not working, right? The motor didn't work right, the first right. performance, and you had all the chorus <laughs> members with on costume, yeah, pushing, pushing, and pulling the thing. It's like stop, stop, stop! That's too much. Like go back. Go. It was amazing. That's it incredible. Was, the experience was incredible, and I think is one of the the best things that happened. I mean, to I me. can't. I'll tell you as a as a fellow tenor. And as somebody who used to travel to sing, mm. which I don't do anymore, I can't, I'm trying to figure out what possessed you to do this. I mean, what we do, <laughs> what you do alone, like without any of that, just traveling and singing is enough for me. Oh, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. Doing, yeah. Um, but it seems to me that you, is it fair to say that it's just, it's your passion to educate the people of your hometown in this art form is that what drives you to do that you know i i've been blessed of having people that helps me to get out of the country uh, before me there were just two people that sang opera professionally the first one was a soprano called aida doninelli mm-hmm. and we grew up with the legend of this lady singing at the mat and after that my first teacher uh, he had a big career in Germany. He studied at the Giuseppe Verdi Conservatory in, in Milan. And he had a big career in Europe. But then nobody went out of the country to sing opera because there, is there no, was no system to right. help people to go out. Right. So when I had the chance to go on audition and I had some things booked to, to go and try, you know, it was really difficult to find in Guatemala the infrastructure to to, facilitate. to get yeah. ready. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's difficult because if you wanted to to know how to speak French, you had to go to the French embassy and 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 go and try to to convince someone that you had to to you know to start learning how to read music 
to teach you how you to... You needed to ask for favors from yeah, everybody. Yeah, favors. There was no and system. There was no system. The yeah. conservatory is just for musicians, for, for symphonic musicians. Instrumentalists. So instrumentalists, so. mm-hmm. yeah. And some singers, but they had voice lessons, but not the rest of it. You know, mm-hmm. start phonating is the first step. And then it comes to real work. And n- nobody could provide that. How did you do it? If there was no system in place, how did you? I had to knock doors everywhere. Did you? Come I went to, to the French embassy and I asked for uh, lessons. And I, I remember I had to sing in Hebrew at one point. And I went to to Israel embassy and I said, "Please, I need your help. I'm singing this in uh, this ceremony." And I, because I was the only singer available at that time, and they said, "We need you to sing it." So I went. I learned how to. To say everything. to pronounce yeah. the just the words of the piece sure. that I was singing, sure. and and I had to do that with everything, with French, with uh, Italian, with uh, German, everything. Did you were your parents musicians? No, not at all. Oh, wait, okay. So here's a kid in Guatemala <laughs> City, the, whose parents are not musicians, who decides to become an opera singer in a in a culture that doesn't support that idea. <laughs> How? Walk me through that. I mean, when first of all, when did you start studying music? Uh, the second question is, how did you learn about opera? What did it excite <laughs> you? What was it? Who did you hear? You know, how, how did tell me how this happened? Well, I started to have contact with opera when I was about to graduate from high school, and a friend of mine is a priest. He, I was, I, I studied in a Catholic school, so mm-hmm. he, I said, you know, it's very interesting. I heard something about the pretenders. And he said, "Oh, I have a DVD of Placido Domingo singing an opera. Do you want to you want to see it?" And I he lent me his DVD. It was Pagliacci, the DVD that's with Pagliacci and Cavalleria. Sure. And I fell in love of Cavalleria. You know, I, I couldn't choose the most wrong opera to start <laughs> because I started to try sing it. Sure. And you know that role is sure. huge. Yeah. Is is one of the shortest operas. Yeah, but, but it's a you. voice killer. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's a throat yeah, killer. It'll eat you. Yeah. So I said, okay, that's a little bit too strong. And I started to try with Pagliacci. Another, you know, sure. that's for grown-ups, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but I just I just got obsessed with it. And I remember my grandma my mom telling me, like, please don't scream. It's too loud. Like you're gonna damage yourself. You're gonna hurt yourself. And you're the like, only one in the house listening the to this. The only one in the house screaming yeah. out loud like crazy in front of a TV, just yeah. going back in Bestila Juva. It was like I was crazy. I, I just found like I don't know, like oasis in a desert. It was just so beautiful that I had to, I, I had to learn how thing. to do it. Same same with me. Yeah. And I started to like dig a little bit more so i uh, my dad gave me a, a cd of maestro domingo singing agustin Lara's, uh, sure. you know traditional sure. boleros mm-hmm. so i started to copy i pressed karaoke in the sound system and i started to just sing imitate with just it. imitate, imitate. Yeah, yeah just imitate and yeah. imitate yeah and then was a competition in the university a singing competition so you'd gone to university now no oh, you, I had, ne- you were still uh, no, i was i was you were still I young. I just graduated from high school. I was in between getting into yeah. the university. Okay. So my dad said, you know, I know you sing. And I was, you know, I used to sing karaoke, like yeah. in a this birthday exactly party, and then everybody yes. gets drunk, the and then you, yes. you press karaoke, and then you start singing. Right? Yes. And I sang a lot of mariachis. 
I didn't do that anymore. Gold thank band, God. Gold band. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. When everybody gets inspired, yeah. right? Sure. And uh, and he said, like, please go do the competition. I said, okay, I'll go. And yeah. then the competition end up being a composition competition. Like the we had to write our own own songs. But with the demo I did with this for this competition went from hand to hand from different teachers and different pianists. And there's a, a very good friend of mine. His name is Eber Morales. He's a fantastic pianist. And he knew this baritone that was he was the only professional singer that was giving lessons so and he was his pianist in the whole city and and the whole country <laughs> there was nothing you know Guatemala is a very small country wow. you can put it many times in Texas you know sure. it's, it's very small uh, yeah so if something is happening in the country is in the capital and yeah. I I was from there so he passed this the, the demo to this teacher and I got an email from the friend of the friend of the friend that gave the they're, recording. They're passing so like, around like, what can we do with like this a guy? Four or five Some, different somebody hands. needs to do something with this yeah, guy. Yeah, and, and, and he said, you know, this master wants to, wants to hear you. And please go to this address at this time this day and be prepared. I said okay. I'm prepared. So I took my, <laughs> I, mean, I took my my <laughs> m like minus my vocals, yeah, my yeah, yeah, minus yeah. vocal thing, right? right. And um, and I went to the to his house and I was with my CD. Yeah, with the music minus one. With yeah, the, the minus John, one. John yeah. Westman on the piano. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I said, yeah, I have my 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 recording. Like, where do I put it to start singing? <laughs> right? And he said, what? No, 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 no. You're gonna you're gonna bring me a score. And he sent me to a little room. Well. Yeah. Full, full of library, scores, yeah. like a huge library of scores. He said, and he gave me the number of the book that plays and everything. It was perfectly there. I just took the book. And he knew about memory, the whole organization system. So I said, okay, that's that for me that's was impressive weird. already. <laughs> that was impressive already. I gave it to him and I sang Granada for him. That's the first that's thing the, I sang too. Oh, the, really? Yes, oh my God. The same thing happened to me. <laughs> so that was the only thing I knew right. that he could from play the in the piano. Sure. Yeah, from the three tenors. That's right. Exactly. Is where I took I it like from. I like that song. I'm going to sing I it. I love it. So, yeah. Yeah, so I sang it and he said, you know what? I'm going to give you lessons and you're going to come tomorrow for the first one. And I said, thank you so much, Maestro, but I have no money to pay your lessons. I knew that was expensive because yeah. through my sister, my sister was working in a museum for kids, you know, those experimental museums for sure. kids. And he went to do a concert there. So she knew him in some way. Mm -hmm. And she knew that he was expensive. Like it was very expensive. He's the to, guy in the yeah, whole country, is the right? Guy, he's the only one. So right. he could charge whatever he wanted. <laughs> so it, I knew it was expensive. I said, you come tomorrow, let's see what happens. So I went the next day, I had my first lesson. I said, Maestro, I, I really appreciate this, but I really, I, I don't have pay. the money. Yeah. It's just too expensive. Nothing's changed from yesterday. And, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't win the lottery yesterday, you know? <laughs> so he said, you know what? I appreciate your talent. And if you put enough from yourself, I won't charge anything. And until this day, I haven't paid one voice lesson in my life. So that's one of the things that makes me do what I do in Guatemala. I know if I had that thing from the universe to tell me, use your talent, you can do it. You don't need to be rich to do it. You don't need to, 
to to get into this huge depth to go learn how to do it, I have to help people too. That's why we do it. And my wife is the same. My wife, we met in the conservatory when I finally, after all this mess, my teacher forced me to go to the conservatory because yeah. I was never thinking about doing it professionally because it's not a thing in Guatemala. There's no place to go and work doing yes. this. So he forced me to go to the conservatory. I did like two years in there and I met my wife there. I met her. I saw her the first time in, a, in an audition yeah. for one of the first operas they did in the National Theater. You have to remember, this was, this was built in the 60s and the first opera was in 2006. So it took a long time to to do an opera in the theater that was made for opera. Who was who was doing it then before you took over? Was an Italian company mm -hmm. that uh, hired a lot of uh, foreign singers, mm -hmm. rang the whole production just for entertainment, just yeah. for entertainment, and they they leave. So I, I I started to think like, why not to do? A watermelon company. Did you use the Lindemann program as a template on how to accomplish what you set out to do? Because uh, it reminds me also of like Opera San Jose, which is a mm -hmm. company that hires singers and keeps them like a fest contract, and they they foster talent and they mm -hmm. teach people. And uh, where did you have a uh, some kind of a guide or some kind of an idea from another place? Actually, in all the places I've been, I I can say that. People know me that I'm too curious and I ask everything. And I ask everybody involved in everything that no singer is related to. Like, for example, two days ago I was talking with, uh, I, I, I think her name is Janique, mm -hmm. the head of the, mm -hmm. the supervisor in the costume department, yep. mm -hmm. asking her about if we can collaborate and send someone to learn here. And we've been doing that with people from Guatemala and Germany. So they send us documents, they help us to say like sure, you should work like or, this or uh, it should work like not sponsoring no. just giving information like How they're they willing to to help for this new coming company to achieve a certain level to to keep doing it professionally and what we do in Guatemala is that this this big bank that um it's called Banco Industrial it's a very nice one of the most stable banks in Guatemala and we know the CEO and I met him when I was starting singing mm -hmm. in 2005 or something like mm -hmm. that. And um, when I had the idea to do this, the first opera, well, we, we've been working with him. He has sponsored us for nine years, but just concerts. We do every year as a tradition because we're Catholics and we offered our careers to, to you know, the Holy Mary, Virgin Mary. and we've been so blessed we do a concert the day of the patron of the city is the virgin of the assumption mm -hmm. so we do a concert for free we open the cathedral we sing the concert and we let people in and every year has been bigger and bigger and bigger last year we had around in between five and six thousand people in the in the in the cathedral so it was packed wow we never thought that was going to be that full we were scared if something weird happened, right. you know, that everyone yeah, has yeah, to run away. Or something. Yeah. yeah. So we never thought it was going to be that big because the church has seats for 1,200 and we had 5,000 and we had to rent like plastic chairs 
for the people to sit. And then they started to take them away because they knew that they could fit more people just standing up. So people were standing and getting packed, full, packed yeah. in the front of the church. So it was, it was like very nice. Concert. Like a rock concert. <laughs> it was amazing. I was... Blew my mind, really. What was on the program? What kind of music do you it's perform? Sick, it's all it's sacred just all music. sacred music. All sacred and music. And do you sing? Do you perform yes, as well? Yes. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I, because we are doing mm -hmm. all this, we all prepare a program mm -hmm. and we include some friends of us from Guatemala that have been part of this crazy concerts we do. Mm -hmm. And we share with everybody, you know, help to perform that right. one is of the things that lacks the most in guatemala is places to perform so nobody gets that experience mm -hmm. they can study now they can do the same thing I, things i did like mm -hmm. going to the embassies and ask for coaching blah 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 but there's no place to perform so one of the main ideas of that is to start building and creating a platform for performing to acquire experience that is the thing that is m the most difficult thing to to get yeah. because there's no company i mean are you are you <clears throat> are you moving towards uh forming a conservatory is that part of the idea one of the things is like this was born because this bank does a fundraising mm -hmm. to to fight illiteracy in the country mm -hmm. so i called this guy and said what are you doing this year please let us do an opera and let's try to fundraise with an opera and he said, that's a great idea. Send me the budget. I sent him my ideal budget, you know, quoting. Like, mm -hmm, yeah. And he said, and he chopped it. He destroyed it. Sure. And he gave us half, half of what we were asking. You, should, you, you always know? need to ask for double. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I knew that. And I knew that. So even though it was very tight. Yes. So the budget that we have now is to, to do one opera per year. Mm -hmm. But we convince the chorus that they have they have to audition every year. Not, it's not that they they have their place because because they don't have experience. We need to know where are they at right. in in, right. in in how good they need to are make they. up with commitment and with, of course yeah, yeah. yeah. and mm -hmm. we we ask them to audition because now we can hear if they have improved or they studied have improved and, mm -hmm. and we we because we hire a voice teacher mm -hmm. my same voice teacher. Mm -hmm. And we can tell him because they're like, for example, now we were, uh, we did Elysir and there were 60 members. Was, uh, 60 was the number of the cars. And he has to give 60, at least 60 voice lessons in two weeks. So we have to tell him, like, this singer has this problem. Right. This singer has this you one. You have 10 and minutes this to fix it. <laughs> you have, yeah, you have your fi first 15 minutes, and then we schedule the people with the bigger problems. Yeah, you know, yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. fix the big, the big yeah. stuff. Yeah. So that's why we make them audition, just to measure where they at, and then, you know, to help them to improve. Sure. Or if not, we schedule them with uh, uh, solvage lessons, you know, sure. how to read music or how to do the pronunciation and different kind of stuff yeah so what we do now is just we produce the operas and we use the infrastructure for the operas to educate the singers mm -hmm. and uh, so that's one of the the things we're doing now our goal is to start a season because okay. now we're doing one once a year and you sing in these i mean you sing and your yeah, wife both. and my wife too okay so you save that money which yeah. is great you save that fee but my question is, there, there's going to come a time mm -hmm. 
maybe sooner than you think <laughs> that you may have to choose between what you're doing now as a traveling mm -hmm. singer and and running running an opera company do what do you th do you think that's a true statement do you think that will happen i think uh, destin is going to ask me to choose but i think i will keep doing it even if i can't go and sing there doing like a remote control thing you know what i mean yeah like because now everything i do is in my computer i do the budgeting and i do all financial stuff i'm in charge of all numbers so really all you need to do is show up and sing yeah basically you have you trust the people that are there too yeah my wife is the ceo yeah so she hires everybody okay. she hires the builders the the set the set builders yeah. the custom uh I don't know the the, the, the people that the, yeah the, the, the yeah people who make everything, everything yeah everything. so she is in charge of that and I do the numbers and I said okay you can hire this but you have this money to do this yeah so you don't have to sacrifice so I don't have to be there one for the other yeah I don't have to yeah do you enjoy traveling do you enjoy singing do you enjoy the thing I love that it. you do I love it you it's don't get so lonely nice. do you get lonely of course I always get lonely yeah. but you know I always think I, I I try to see the bigger picture yeah and. I'm doing this for someone else. So it's my duty because I was, I've been so blessed during my career. I have to give back. And people ask me like, why are you doing this so soon? You should wait until, you know, you have less work and then you do something for right. something else. And I think it's never, it's never too soon to give back because I know that there's a lot of talented people in the country and they have no opportunity. Mm -hmm. And if I can find that person and help that person at least to believe that they can do it, they mm -hmm. can fight for themselves. Mm -hmm. But if I don't do it, nobody's going to do You're it. You're looking for the next Mario Chang. I'm looking for the next, I don't know what, you know, whatever. To help. To help. Like yes, in of Uruguay, course. you know, there's a, the, the Teatro Solis that has mm -hmm. this yes. great program outside of the opera house that educates and advertises mm -hmm. and gets people uh, community involvement and yeah and actually we are now creating we're about to start we're trying to convince some, convince some friends of us to to sponsor mm -hmm. the first like uh, young artist program mm -hmm. of Guatemala mm -hmm. for to train the covers of the operas that we do for them to have the experience to learn the whole role to know how to what it needs to like. sing yeah. to mm -hmm. prepare themselves with a deadline, mm -hmm. with a very, very strict deadline, mm -hmm. with a lot of complications, and to sing with an orchestra because nobody does it because the orchestra is symphonic. And we created our own orchestra. We hired the, the musicians one by one. We handpicked. Who conducts? Who's the opera expert in, in your country? And the opera expert, we bring it too. <laughs> Wow. I, I started when I when I was studying in New York, yeah. I we I met this fabulous pianist, this Nimrod Pfeffer. And he's been he jumped from playing piano to conducting. And he is Maestro Levine's assistant at the Met. He's very young, he's so talented, and he has been an incredible help, an incredible asset. And we and I asked him, I remember I was doing Elysir at the Met mm -hmm. last year and uh, two years ago. And I asked him, like, would you come to Guatemala? We don't have much money, but, you know, it's a chance to do something new, to do something yeah. nice, new yeah. and to create your own style of conducting. Yeah. And that orchestra is going to have 
you're yeah you're the boss teaching you're the boss they don't know how to do it they have done it a couple of times sometimes it's been nice other times it's been a little messy but it's going to be your orchestra you choose the instrumentalist if you don't like one you can fire it right and then you can hire another one and it's going to be your orchestra so he accepted gladly and we started there and we basically he has a fee because he has to have a fee sure. it's my we have to it's his job it's his job and my wife and i we don't have a salary we mm -hmm. don't get a fee we don't get anything i i told this guy the the sponsor the big sponsor i told him i'm not going to charge a fee because i want this to work i want this to get bigger mm -hmm. that's why i'm not charging anything and i'm doing it for free mm -hmm. i do it because i love my country i love my people i love i like to find new talents in this little towns it's unbelievable <laughs> let's talk about your singing okay <laughs> You mentioned uh, <clears throat> Donizetti. You mentioned uh, early Verdi, which we're doing now. Yes. Um, do you have a favorite role, first of all? What's in your wheelhouse right now? What is the thing where you think, oh, this one, this one I do better than anybody? Um, one of the operas that I really enjoy singing is Lucia. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it very much. I've done it twice already. I did once in Frankfurt. And uh, I just did it in Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the operas that I enjoyed the most. Another one is Rigoletto. I love it. But I don't know. The challenge of Donizetti just well, picks me. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like a little worm that is there. And I really like it. Verdi is my favorite composer because many reasons the music is gorgeous it's perfect yeah but there's something in Donizetti that just makes my blood boil <laughs> you know what I mean and you know what is the weirdest thing my favorite opera is Tosca huh but I can't sing it yet yeah so I I love classical music I love opera never I, never Rossini never anything before that um I like the operas yeah. but it's impossible for me to sing them because the coloratura I, I used to have the coloratura mm-hmm and but my voice is a little bit darker than mm -hmm. the voice you the need for that or somebody yeah yeah sure. mm -hmm. so i have to work in with towards that with mm -hmm. that goal mm -hmm. and i have to sing that for at least a year like to keep to do things around that repertoire the whole time yeah and nobody's hiring me for that because they have fantastic tenors sure. they have juan diego flores or sure. they have javier camarena uh, singing yeah here brown lee, on yeah. brown lee sure. it's amazing sure. so why, Why would I compete with that? Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a lyric tenor, so yeah. I I feel very comfortable singing that. I'm not pushing bigger, but I have a lot of repertoire to do. I think is how about nice. Ishmael? Is that pushing it for you, or is this in is this good for you? I think it's good. It I feels think it's, good. it feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. The only thing is that I I miss. I, you're gonna say that I'm such a tenor, but I miss the high notes because I don't have high notes in Ismaili. I I A's, have one B5. high note. That's yeah. it. But it's one at the end of a concertante. It's not mm -hmm. like I have an aria with mm -hmm. a high B flat. That's the same as Alfredo. Why Depends. is that? Why is that? Well, if you put if the high note the at the end of the concerto, yeah, sure. yeah. Well, yeah, I always, I always cut that. <laughs> I'm not that. Well, dumb. you have one there. I'm not. That, I'm not crazy. I mean, <laughs> but you know, it's so energic that 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 opera is so energic. Traviata in the I second know. act, it's yeah. just, yeah. and you have to be in control all the time. Oh, at Flores, the scene at the end of the 
yeah. Oh, yeah. You can ruin oh, your voice. There. You can. That you can ruin your life. With it. <laughs> yeah, of course. And you know what? And if the you, chorus starts, and oh, oh, it's, it's you beautiful. Yeah. You just keep giving and yes. giving and giving. You yes. release the horse, and it's just gonna. Yep. You're gonna fall from it. <laughs> and then you have a whole nother act. <laughs> oh yes, and it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. I think. I think. You know, the thing about I've I've sung uh, Rossini. Uh, I started with Rossini. And then I moved into Traviata and I moved into Elixir and those types of things when I was younger. And when I still wanted to do that kind of singing and was traveling, I found that uh, dramatically, I just didn't connect with uh, earlier music, with Rossini. Mm -hmm. uh, and then once I got into Donizetti, that was just more fun. And then, but then uh, getting into Verdi and Puccini, I found, I don't know. I don't know if it was for you. When I started singing, it was Granada and it was uh, Elucevan and it was the you know these pieces that really spoke to me. It was never. Yes. Uh, it was never a technical thing. Yes, right. right. It's not like a, oh, the manual says you have to start here. You right. just start doing it. Right. Now I'm half Mexican. Is it a, maybe it's a Latino thing? Oh, maybe yeah. <laughs> Is the blood boiling in our bodies? That that's the thing that makes me sing. Yeah, you know, actually, I the first aria that I sang was Vesti la Juba. I was Jeez. I was copying, imitating sure. Domingo, and yeah. that's a hard aria to start with. This yeah, is the, yeah, is the complete wrong aria to start with. Yeah, I started with and Jose, so yeah, it so it's kind thing. of the same thing, right? Yeah. So I started to do my my first teacher was a little. He was very good. He was a good singer. Uh, good coach mm -hmm. but in terms of which repertoire to Guidance, choose it yeah. was mm -hmm. not the best mm -hmm. not the wisest mm -hmm. advice I was singing um, I sang with him Fidu Regiment I was singing the aria with the oh, sure 8,000 high seas yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I did it well I was working perfectly was with that him. always okay for you the high notes it was okay always. it was well I found a way to do it I don't know if it's right or wrong at that time I didn't know so I've been working in them. I could do the high notes, but I didn't know it was like supported. I had no clue about support or about the the projection and the resonators. And he never explained me that. So well, I was doing it. It's hard to, you know, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't fix it if it ain't broke. You know, there's yeah. <laughs> an old saying. But he, we, we never had anything about Hold on, just technique. A yeah. Okay, sure. Sure, come on okay. in. We'll pause. We'll pause. <laughs> in between everything, like 20 characters. And I never knew that there were two people in the cabin doing all the, the, the characters and answer, answering themselves. Yeah, and yeah. Everything. It, was, it was crazy. It was, so, it was so fun. Do you do this kind of thing very often? Like interviews? No, not very often. No? No. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Are you, you, you got everything? Yeah. Okay, thank great. You. You're, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Good luck tonight. How are you? How uh, how do you like being in Los Angeles? I love it. Do you? It's very nice. It's a different experience. Yeah. Um, I I I have lived in three places. First, Guatemala. Yeah. Where you have to drive everywhere. Is if you don't know where to go, it's a little dangerous. You have to go. You have your car. And you have to know the city very well to know where not to go. Right? Why, why is that? Because it gets a little dangerous. Or? Sometimes it gets a little difficult because of the zones. They I are see. very marked. And then I moved to New York. Yeah. A chaotic, packed city. 
How, very was, active. Yeah, what was that like? Was that difficult to adjust to? Kind of. Yeah. I lived, I, it was so difficult that I had to live in Jersey and commute every day to the Met. It was not, it was not bad. I, it took me less than 45 minutes from my door to door. Okay. And, I, and a friend of mine was living in 190 something and it was longer for, for him to go, to go from down. that to the 66, mm-hmm. right? So it was not a problem for me. I just had to go in a bus yeah. and that's it. There was a difference. But it was different, definitely, mm-hmm. from one place to the other. And now I'm in Frankfurt that during the weekends, nothing happens because it's a bank. The whole city is like a huge bank. <laughs> the, you know, the, 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 the central bank of the euro is in Frankfurt. Right. The Commerzbank, the Deutsche Bank, all the big banks are in Frankfurt. Yeah. Headquarters mm-hmm. are in Frankfurt. So you see a lot of nice buildings, expensive apartments, and a crowded city during the week, and then a Nothing. ghost town during the weekends. And because of German traditions or German law, I don't know what it is, during on Sundays, nothing is open. So you have to get used to that. Yeah. And now that I come here and I go to New York and I get to go to Guatemala very often, yeah. I feel nice... like you have to learn to live in the world, not in a city. Right. So you get used to change. Right. That's the I think the best explanation for me. Like you have to get used to for the change of the place you are. Right. Right. Tell me working. about how, how did you come to compete in Operalia? It was very. It was a very interesting year for me. I had. It was my last year at Lindemann. And okay. So it was I Lindemann to... that really started your career more than Operalia. Would you say? Kind of, yes. But, you know, the Lindemann program is a fantastic program. Mm -hmm. But uh, we basically grow up under the shadow of this immense theater. So we are not, it's not like here in in Los Angeles that a lot of young artists work in the operas. There is, the program is like a little bubble that sometimes you get hired for some production sometimes you oh. cover stuff some if you are if you're lucky enough to be hired oh, I didn't know that. for that so it's not it's not that it's not and it's, it says in the contract that the fact that you're in the Lindemann program that doesn't mean that you're going to be hired for oh. the opera so you have to audition for the main house so and on the stage for the main cast managing team. Even if you're in the Lindemann program. Even if you're in the Lindemann program because it doesn't guarantee you to be in the opera. So it's a Lindemann program, just a teaching program? It's a teaching program and it has the benefit of having all the resources of the theater. So for example, I went to the, the, the manager of the program and I said, Look, I know that this singer, like for, for example, Piotr Becciala, mm-hmm. is doing was doing Faust at that time, and I said, you know, I know that he does some very interesting things, and I want to learn if from him. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible to have a lesson with him? So they arranged that to have lessons with this specific singer or specific coach. Like for example, I had a lot of lessons with Renata Scotto. I learned Elisir with her. Wow, and it was an amazing an amazing privilege and i worked with carl vaness and with uh with piotr becciala with uh, a lot of very mm-hmm. very good singers mm-hmm. that 
otherwise you don't have the chance to meet, right? Mm -hmm. And they're so nice and they're very, uh, they're willing and, to, yeah. to, you know, to help. And uh, I think that's one of the main things. And of course, Master James Levine. Uh, when I was in the, when I got into the program, the first year was the year that he was away from conducting mm -hmm. because he had a problem with his back. He had an accident. Right. So he was away from working for a whole year. Right. But during my second year, this was in the season 2012-13, I think, he was back in the theater, but he was not conducting mm -hmm. because he was not scheduled for conducting at that time. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of time with him. So I learned, I remember that we were having at least once or twice per week with him. Now is Wow. impossible to have sure because you know is master james levine he's like master james conlon right it's not possible to you know it's, it's so much to do sure. and so busy and so committed to all the things they have to do it's mm -hmm. almost impossible to have a time with them placido it's the same way and master domingo is the mm -hmm. same thing it's, it's almost impossible to to get a time with them yes so for me that year was i think one of the best things that could happen so i appreciate that program because of that. Mm -hmm. And then my third year was even more because I did a program together with Juilliard. They have the ADOS program mm -hmm. and they work together. So I was doing two programs at the same time, the Lindemann program my last year and my first year at the ADOS. So it was packed, packed. Every single day I was getting there at 9am, going home at eight. If we were not rehearsing for a recital or a little concert we, i was going home at 10 or God. and i was living in jersey wow so it was kind of like crazy sometimes but i think that is what i have learned the most and gave me that sense of uh, like the work like ethic the work, and the, yeah the work mm -hmm. ethic and the stamina yeah the mm -hmm. stamina and and the commitment, mm -hmm. you know, that I have to do this. I know I'm tired, but I have to learn it because tomorrow is going to be another rehearsal and it has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have James Levine the real watching deal. you. Yeah, listening. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, you better do it right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, so I I learned a lot there and it's been a wonderful experience, but it's completely different from from here. So what did Operalia do for you when was that a different thing entirely? Yeah, it was a completely different thing. So I, I graduated from the program, both programs actually at the mm -hmm. same time. And right after that came Operalia. I started, I prepared, I got sick the first day. Mm -hmm. I had to ask Dominique to put me in the second round, mm -hmm. in the second group of the first round. And thankfully I got better. I was uh, able to phone eight my wife was with me oh and i God. warmed up i cracked that, like a, in one scale i cracked every single that note that is awful it was the that's an most awful horrendous feeling. thing uh -huh. ever yes but i got better and yeah. master domingo the first time the first day he heard me he was like i know you're sick you sound better than we thought take care of yourself and let's see if you pass to the second round and my world fell down. I was like, oh my God, I'm not gonna pass. For sure, I was sick. And I was not, I, yeah. I, I felt that I was giving less do. than the 10% I can't give. So it was, there's no chance. And I got the surprise. I was, they, they said, yeah, you go on. And um, at the end, it was the best experience had ever. Had Domingo I, heard you before? No, that was the first time. I had the chance to meet Dominic and Alvaro. Mm -hmm. 
his son and his grandson. Mm-hmm. And but that was it. Wow. Just I just met them, but I never. Sang but you had for a great them. resume, so they knew that you could sing, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, <yeah. laughs> but you know, it, the competition is tough, and yeah. that year was really tough. There were three colleagues from the Lindemann program participating in the competition mm-hmm. so i knew that was going to be tough i knew that the competition was tough already. was that with ben bliss was he in that group as well no the year after. after yeah, yeah. ben bliss was uh, when they did it in china i think oh. mm-hmm. and when he was here yeah. the competition was mm-hmm. here right so i i knew it was going to be hard but it was really really hard and uh, after that um, right after that i went to to Frankfurt. I had already prepared the contract with them and mm-hmm. everything. But the fact of winning Opera Alia made them to take care a little bit more about the repertoire they were asking me to do. So I think it's not that Opera Alia just blew everything, blew up. everything yeah. up, but it made everybody to take care yeah. of. Yeah, it, it put Your me in another bracket, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So my picture was everywhere. In Frankfurt, it was in the in front of the theater. Like this is the new singer, and he did this, and it was my whole resume, my picture, and on my a big re- in a big banner in front <laughs> of the theater. And I was and I was surprised because there was they put the star of the show. You know, yeah. when Piotr Bechala goes and sings there, they put Piotr Bechala there. But sure. I was nobody. I was this kid coming from the Lindemann program. Yeah. He won Operalia, but you know for. A, it was like you're in, in the other side of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like you're in Guatemala, but, yeah, you're, but you're not. You're in Frankfurt. I was in, Fra- I was in Frankfurt. <laughs> it was a big surprise. And I remember because I was doing the competition, the first opera I had to do was Bohème. And I had to fly there. I had three days of rehearsals and then the opening. And that was my first professional oh, Bohème. Oh, my. I did Bohème before, but it was in a summer program, right? Yeah. So that was my first professional Bohème. And I rehearsed. I don't know how I was asleep basically most of the time because of the jet lag and everything for three days. And uh, I found there a very nice friend, uh, Karen Vuong. She was part of the program here. I think the first right. year of the program right. here yeah, in yeah, Malay. Yeah. yeah. And she was in the ADUS program when I was there in Juilliard and she was Mimi there. So I just found like this amazing colleague. We come from the same acting school so basically is all Stephen Wasworth method so sure. I knew what she was capable of doing so she helped me in every single step <laughs> I was I remember I was doing the first act I had to go pick her up in the door and she was whispering to me like let's walk two steps to the right to that this steps to the right yeah and she was giving me everything during the performance not sure. rehearsal sure. it was the performance yeah because I had just three days and I was jet lagged. Yeah. You know, the first day I came down from the plane and I was planning right to, to go to the hotel yeah. just for like two hours to rest. But then they lost one of my suitcases. So I, <laughs> I had to wait there and then I went straight to the, to the rehearsal. To rehearsal. So I was asleep. It was a big nightmare that ended up being one of the most amazing experiences in my life. Just kept to basically jumping in for a thing I was scheduled to. <laughs> Have you yet found a, a spot where it just didn't go well and it was a maybe set you back a little bit, a bit, or are you still constantly on a forward 
trajectory. I mean, have you hit any speed bumps? Do you ever get out on stage and your voice doesn't work? Do you ever get out and you forget what's happening or you start thinking about your laundry? Or, <laughs> like, you, know. you know, it happened to me when I was doing Lucia for the first time. I was doing that and I had to sing Elysir after at the Met. So I was freaking out. You know, I knew was going back to the Met, the place where I studied, yeah. and I had to sing Elysir. And what? Well, how much time was in between the two? Nothing. A week. Like I was doing, I was doing Lucia, and then where was the Lucia? In Frankfurt, and then I had to go to New York two weeks, and then they start performing. But I was covering someone, so I was, uh, and then I was going to do the last performances. So it was a long time between yes. performances, you know. Yes. But the problem is that I was studying Elysir while I was performing Lucia and, you know, same composer, same style, the, not the same opera. The wires get crossed. And they got really messed up. <laughs> and I remember I was going, I had a very energetic entrance for the duet with the soprano. Yeah. And I start thinking about the words in Elysir. And it took me, I have, I oh, promise yeah. you. A quarter of a second yeah but in my mind the thing where it was endless it was so long for me at the time that they hit the chord and i had to say my first line for me was just yeah it, it could happen it, like it was an hour or something and then the first word came and then i just said them I didn't realize if, if they were, I didn't think if they were in tune, if they were on time, nothing. I just, I was if, so happy to have those that, first that, two <laughs> words. And it was Lucia Perdona. And it's the name of the opera and then ask you to be sorry. And I was so sorry that I forgot the, the words. And after the performance, I asked her, like, what I, happened? I said, yeah. I, I'm so sorry that I came late. And she said, but you, huh? didn't, you didn't come late. I just, felt that was a little bit more dramatic but it was not late isn't that funny and i was like what god my entire <laughs> life flashed. flashed in front of my eyes in that time it's impossible to be that short that's how it happens it's, the, yeah. it's been the only time that has happened oh, really in every opera happens something right right there's that's why it's life what theater, about you your know? voice do you worry about your voice ever Always. Or is that always there? Um, oh, you do? You always worry about I it? I always worry because, you know... Do you crack? Do, is that something that happens? That has never happened. Okay. Thankfully. I mean, that happens to the greatest singers oh, yes. alive. Like, you know, has happened. Yeah. But I've been <clears throat> fast enough to stop the note and not forced to keep it going. Yeah. I think the mistake is that, to try to yeah. fix it and keep singing. Yeah, yeah. It happened to me. I was. It was a very hard week. We were doing Rigoletto like three months ago or four months ago in frankfurt mm -hmm. the tuning in frankfurt is a little higher than here why is so that it, here is uh, 440, 440. Mm -hmm. I, there is 446 or 448 sometimes so it's, it gets really high so i was doing la donna mobile right and i had to step on a table and play to throw some cards and take a glass of water and throw it everywhere and like a lot of distracting stuff. So I didn't get really ready for the last for the, for note, the you know? B sharp now. For the yeah, for the basically B sharp. <laughs> so I I did it 
and I just felt like something went out of place, but it didn't crack, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel comfortable enough. So I stopped it because if I keep going, I will just crack something, it like crazy. Something horrible will happen. <laughs> so I stopped it. And then the conductor asked me, why it was so short? And I said, I cracked the note. And he said, no, you didn't crack it. And I so, felt that well, something came out of place. You know, for me, that's cracked. Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> it cracked. And he was so, he was too nice. But it was not like a big, oh, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, it, sure. It was something that just came out of place. But I always been very careful of what I choose. I don't, I don't like to, to, to. To stress so much. Has yeah. the limit. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a limit. But like, if I'm going to sing Bohem, I try to warm up at least if not just a high C, a D flat. Yeah. Just to know that the C is there. Sure. You know, it's safe. Like for Rigoletto, I know it's a B flat-ish, you know, mm -hmm. depends on where you sing it. Right. I try to warm up to you know, C, that's it. I don't want to go all the way up because then I have to sing lower and I'm going to whisper, you know? So yeah, I how try do you to... warm up? How much singing do you do before you go out on stage? What I do is that I start doing exercise. Does it depend on the show? It depends on the show, definitely. So if, like, for example, Rigoletto, I know that I have to keep the voice going, and yes. there are some gaps between scenes. Yes. So I warm up. But you start before. quickly. You start. Yeah, I, out I, of the I, gate. I, I jump a yeah. lot. I because I think my, what I my philosophy is: you don't have to warm up your throat. It's inside your body. It's already warm. You don't need to stress it more. What you need to do is wake up your system Energize to your support yeah. that voice, right? So I start to move, I warm up, I do a couple of scales, that's it. Mm -hmm. And then I start singing. And in Rigoletto, it's like, go right. first. Like that. Two words and aria. Yep. So I use that aria as a warm up because it is a good thing to, because you already woke up your body. Mm -hmm. The body's ready for the fast tempo, right? Mm -hmm. So you warm up with that. And then in between scenes, I warm up again. And I warm up with the hardest line I have not the highest, not the lowest, mm -hmm. but you know, if I have problems with the rhythm, I warm up with that just to remember the right rhythm. Right, right, right. Or for example, they open a cut in the duet and I had to do the whole cadenza and I never learned it. So I learned it in the rehearsals and I was warming up with the cadenza just to be sure that the cadenza was going to be there. Yeah. Because the two sopranos I sang it with, they were perfect every time so i was afraid to not mess up their word <laughs> yeah. because they are they were so good sure. that i wanted to you know to honor be, that yeah. yeah to honor that of course so i warm up with that so that's my process basically yeah and with this with nabucco uh, uh is this the first time you've sung with placido on stage yes it's the first it time. is yeah you know it's a dream come true it was for me too you know it's for me i as you as i told you i started me, me too imitating him and I, I have idolized him so much that the first place to be in the competition, to win the competition, and now to be on the same stage, that's a dream. I know. And I told him that the other day, and he was like, "No, yes, Maestro, I know. I Isn't that, that crazy? He's so nice. It's crazy. As you you idolize, you put the people in a pedestal, yeah. and you never think they're gonna be this nice. Yeah." And he was so nice, and we were making jokes, and we were talking about it. It was so nice, so sweet. I think it's the best things that can happen. It's, it's and I I'm really thankful to LA I, Opera to do this, and I was I'm so grateful, you know, to be part of this and 
and to learn from all these people. They're amazing. It's the first time I work with Maestro Colin too. And I know his uh, method is different than what I'm used to, but mm -hmm. that's the good thing. Mm -hmm. He is picky in a different uh, way that I'm used to. I learned in with Maestro Levine in New York. Mm -hmm. This is the other coast. It's completely different. And the analogy can be that is the opposite side. Yep. And you learn from everybody. You learn from every single person. Yep. It's incredible. Well, I'll tell you, we're glad to have you back. I loved singing with you in Bohem, and I'm going to love singing with you in Nabucco. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks. I mean, yeah, I'm so I'm so happy, Jay. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. The sweet and interesting Mario Chang. I'm very happy to be singing with him. He sang uh, La Boheme a couple seasons ago with us. He was great then. He's great now. Come out and see the show. Uh, what else? It's a beautiful day here in L.A. Hope you have a great rest of your day, rest of your week. I want to thank you all for listening. Remember to always be kind to one another. And until next time. You like to dance, you like long walks, and you wear clean pants. Genius. Get on to my show.